Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hello! The gong strikes, and Pluto struck the chord today. It ignites the USA natal position of the forefathers that established the USA Constitution when they wrote, We the People. So I'm Sue Rose Minahan, host of Talk Cosmos, weekly leading-edge conversations, awakening the authentic self to empower soul growth. Today in Kailua, Kona, Hawaii, is February 2020, 2022, and the Talk Cosmos subject involves an exploration of the USA Pluto return and power, addressing the promise of we the people. Power is a huge subject and relates, as we know, to both external and internal realms, but essentially it unites in its purpose and accountability. Cosmos today, I'm so thrilled, brings two astounding astrologers of great insight to forge this conversation. And I'm hoping to continue, as I have not even presented it to both of them, but this is my hope, with a mini-series concerning this issue of power to follow up because there'll be new context involving July 11th and December 28th when this gong repeats its the noise, the sounds, the vibes, the energy, and it prolongs. This is not just one instance It's been leading up, it's going over, there's talks about that. But for consensus purpose, it is today. It has already happened, as a matter of fact, I think. Yes. No, it's ahead. That's right. Because I have a little dyslexia of time zones. I'm in Hawaii, not on the mainland. But so it'll be in the next, just after the show, the exact. So to introduce these two astrologer giants, I begin and gladly welcome Samuel F. Reynolds, who pronounces himself a former skeptic, but had a life-changing visit to an astrologer, transforming his perspective, and for 30 years since, does charts, studies astrology, and contributes amazingly with service on the board of directors for both the International Society for Astrological Research, which is known as ISAR, 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 and the International Academy of astrology known as IAA. Sam's the co-founder of the International Society of Black Astrologers, the ISBA, and a faculty member of the IAA. He's written multiple uh, uh, articles for us for print, not sprint. I have sprint, but it's print. <laughs> He's sprinting. <laughs> And online outlets such as Ebony, Horoscope, Tarot, and North, uh, New York Magazine. Sam's a traditional astrology consultant, teaches webinar classes through his own website, Unlock Astrology, and others. And plus, Samuel F. Reynolds is an international conference keynote speaker and lecturer. So I'm also glad to welcome my second giant astrologer, Justin Crockett-Elsie 
who's an archetypal astrologer and provides an in-depth transformational astrology numerology consultations involving his focus of merging the context with the spiritual Sabian symbols, Egyptian astrology, and Vedic astrology. Justin's also a spiritualist medium in service to spirit, so to help heal relationships through communicating across the realities, which speaks to part of his life purpose. Justin does individual mediumship readings, conducts sciences, not sciences, seances. <laughs> Science and seance. I hope they connect in my world. And, and Justin does classes, tarot, interactive, intuitive webinars, such as East West Bookshop, which will be on, connect with us on that on March 20th. It'll be quite exciting. And a host of other outlets. Justin's a member of one of the top Cosmos monthly panels, the Moonbeam team, where we interpret lunar phase stories for the archetypal period. So I must share that both Justin and Sam have spoken earlier about the, the, the Pluto return on Talk Cosmos. Sam was, I think it was September 26, 2019, very early. It's a podcast. You can find it on the radio or on any podcast app or the stations, 1150KKNW online podcast and hear it. And then Justin was just this past December 12th concerning this ever changing conversation. So thank you, Sam and Justin. I'm so glad we're making this adventure all together. Yeah. And so, hey guys, who has the power? Who wants to venture that thought? <laughs> Let Sam go first if he wants. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think where we can start is who doesn't have the power. And I'm not convinced that it's the people. Um, I don't believe the people have the power. I think that is something that has been our our hype. Um, the thing that we talk about most as Americans, about who has the power. But I don't think that has actually congealed into consistent fact and I think that's becoming less and less so and there are ways in which that's happening and has been happening and I don't know if we've always been attentive to it I think one particular way that this happens is that you know America has done immensely well since World War II financially um, and it's grown in ways that I don't think many current generations can fathom compared to previous generations if we study them. And so we've often traded our, our sense of safety, or I should say we've traded our freedom and appreciation for our freedom for a sense of safety. I am not just talking about what's happening with COVID or particular views related to that. We can go back from terrorist attacks to drugs, to AIDS, to any number of things that also do kind of align themselves periodically with Pluto transits, um, you know, not just to America, but even toward like Saturn uh, Pluto transits. And we've, we've kind of traded a lot of that. So I guess to, to answer the question in a roundabout way, it's not the people I think there's, uh, we've come to a point where there's too much power in government and corporate entities. That's my take. 
And it certainly is. As one reads about it, it is incredible. There's down in um, California, uh, a university, boy, cannot think, it's down in the Los Angeles area, very liberal, that has a whole study program about how to involve with the corporations because it is now identified as a person. Justin, what's your addendum to all this? I I would definitely agree with Sam on this. And the the thing is, is if you look at the chart, uh, the Pluto is in the second house of resources and money and and economics. And so that's where Pluto's at. And that's where the South Node and Aquarius is at. So from the very get-go of the establishment of the state or the concept of the state, it's always been about people wanting a better experience or better lives. So the, the, um, the karma around what we have to transform is, is, is around economics. And, and, and uh, so right from the get-go in the very country, when, it's, when, the, when the state was started, the people who had the power were the, were the, um, the rich people that came over from Europe, the families. And so there already was already this, this separation of class in the very beginning from uh, the, rich, the rich people that ran the, the country in the very beginning, the families to the indentured servants, to the people that didn't have the least of power, which were, which were the indigenous folks and the, and the slavery. And so, you know, the negative side of that lesson that uh, it's all about money and it's all about economics is the lesson is not exploitation. And I think that's, that's the, you know, we're having to deal with is that uh, the country is learning it can't exploit people or whatever else. So I, I totally agree with Sam. I think there's in on paper, it's like, oh yeah, every, you know, even the little man has power, but really in reality, it's always been about who has the money, who has the resources. And as we see in today's world, that's of course moved more into of course corporate um, and, and larger people. As a matter of fact, if you think about it, the top 10 Richest people in the world, eight of them live in the United States today. So I would, I would totally agree with Sam. I think there's this, this, this story. Yeah, the little people have the power, but it's not true. It's really who's the richest and who has the money. It's all about economics. Oh, I think that I'm in. Cool. It was like three of us. Like, <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. I did like it too. Yeah, I. Well, it was on the- CNN. I was going to share and I left the studio. So sorry about this. I wanted to bring up the chart, but I think I did catch the fact that you were talking about economics and I, uh, um, I did realize all that we can bring up the chart. Is that something you'd both like to do right now? Sure. Okay. All right. So here it just is. To be clear, we're bringing up the Sibley chart, which is just one chart. It's an interesting chart. Um, some say it's more fictional than actual fact, and various astrologers use different charts, but I like the Sibley chart. I think it, it works in tandem with a lot of things in American history. Yeah, I, I like it because, well, it was done 12 years after the original signing of the Declaration of Independence and uh, Ebner Sibley was an Mason and an astrologer and knew Ben Franklin. So he actually had, um, a, you know, he had personal connection with the people at the time. 
And and it, you, I think you're right, Sam. A lot of people called it an aspirational chart because there was a lot of planning around that time. And I brought this slide just initially. This is one that Justin actually sent to me. It's from Astro Deans. But the point being that many times it's related at different minutes. And Pluto is such a slow-moving planet with a long orbit. Was, and that's the point of this return, 248 years approximately, as it's uh, determined, that actually, if you went from 32.0 to 33.0, it would be a span of 14 hours. So at any rate, with a lot of sleuthing, um, well, the point is that it is mentioned at this particular degree. So, and this one has, let's see what the next one. And I also brought up for people, as you might be reviewing this, uh, YouTube later, that if you're not aware of what the little signatures say, here they are in English, all the names. But we'll, we might refer to them and we may not, but that's what they are on the chart. So here it is. This is the first Pluto return. But all right. Can you recap just a little bit, Justin, were you talking about, and I apologize for this because I blipped out, but that you were talking about the, 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 the legality that had been declared of, of making corporations people and that we are in this financial tug of war, but that it's not all about finances. That's sort of what I caught. Is that correct? Uh, actually, Sam brought up about uh, the, the corporations there. And then, I, of course, I was mentioning about the that the Pluto being in the um, in the sign of Capricorn, which is an Earth sign um, and um, uh, in the in the sibling chart is of course in the second house of resources. So, um, and I I did mention you know uh, about uh, corporations. That's where a lot of the the power is today. Besides the media, because there is in the in the U.S. chart, there's a lot of focus also in the Gemini area, Gemini and communications area. Um, so of course media, and of course you can see why media and. United States has a heavy hand in the in the world around media, but um, I we, think it, it was Sam that actually brought up the corporations as people. I think. Okay. Okay. Thank you for that um, recap of that. And in yeah, now this is a little bit logistic. Shall we go on to the actual event for today? I will do that. Here it is. This is the one for today as it, this is East Coast. And yeah, so you, you were right. It has happened already. Okay. Oh, yeah. that's right. Because it's two o'clock East Coast. That's right. It would have been five hours earlier here. Thank mm -hmm. you. All right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, do you, do you, go ahead. Sue, I was going to say, do you want to go back to the main one just for a second? And Sure. Um, I don't know if uh, Sam wanted to say anything about the, the main natal one, but there were just a couple of things, I think, that when you talk about uh, where we're at today, understanding where we're coming from, that, that basic natal chart, um, and a couple of things that um, I, I don't know if Sam wants to speak to, but I, I think, you know, the, the Sag Ascendant really kind of speaks to uh, over the, you know, that exploratory personality um, and a sense of freedom. And then, of course, we've got that that Aquarian South Node, which which can relate to sort of the exile 
you know, the people that branch out and, and, and sort of a humanitarian perspective. And then um, the Chiron, you know, the wound of, of the worth. And it's interesting to note that the, the, the next, um, the Pluto return. So we also, the United States is coming up on a Chiron return and that perspective. But I thought it was interesting to note also in when I was talking about communications and media and that being sort of a, a, a one of the arms of power is the Uranus in Gemini and Mars in Gemini, the sign of communications and how that's played out. But you see that in the original natal chart, the sun is in the seventh house. Um, and so that's where sort of the focus is in the chart, because I think it's important to point that out because in the, in the return chart, it's flipped. So we got this outer focus of relationships, but then what seems to happen when you look at the December chart, then it goes inward and there's a more of an inward turn that I, that because, because it's in the first quadrant, but uh, that was just a couple of things that I wanted to point out about the natal chart and understanding kind of the personality. Um, you know, I, I was telling somebody the other day that if um, if I if the if the United States was a a person a person mm -hmm. in this chart, I would say okay, young, competitive, um, learning to listen to one's inner voice, um, and and interdependence of relationships and working with others. You know, there's sort of this trying to figure out who it is, who we are as a collective, because that 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 collective is a as a person, as Dane Rudyard talks about. Part of this disparity between what had been intended, you know, because consciousness is really somewhat elusive, but very um, dis um, uh, descriptive, or it lends the structure to how we operate and because there's so much cancerian and of course we have shadow and we have the light and the shadow side is what you know we can bump around and maybe forget but at this time pluto is everything about shadow and we've got to like get down underneath it and go wait a minute the tree needs some pruning or it needs regraphing or something like this, just on, 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 on a plant terms, because it can be quite elitist with the Aquarian. If you look at that shadow, which is our moon that rules all our Cancerian energies, which involve, look at that seventh house, our sun, our perspective, our attractions, our motivations, you know, of, of, of activity. Or no, activity, excuse me, is in Gemini. Thank you. So, but that means, is it, who's my family? And, you know, there's so many since 50s, you know, where it's the, the humanity is my family, but it's not the, the boundaries. I think that's what well, Capricorn is trying to do. Well, I think that's a good place to start in terms of uh, understanding the United States. And I liked what you were saying, Justin, about the idea of imagining the U.S. as a person, um, I would I would add to that if we were talking about the U.S. as a person, that this would also be a very idealistic person. Um, an idealistic person, um, you know, if, if we were to make like a, a modern analog to who this might be, this would be an analog to a hippie who becomes a yuppie right? From the 60s to the 80s, where he's like, you know what? Yeah, I just want money. 
actually. Um, I think some measure of that has always been embedded, but going back to what you were just saying, Sue, I think that has always been the struggle for this nation. When you read Common Sense by Thomas Paine, one of the things that struck me is that he really does emphasize how commonsensical it is for colonists really to accept the idea that we, we make this particular continent great, it should be ours. That's the, the real whole argument. But how he also marginalizes indigenous folks here and black folk, like that's actually in his text, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So I think when we were talking about the idea of family and we the people, it really didn't start off including everybody. Right? Mm -hmm. And I think that has been a lingering issue, a lingering question in America, because you know one thing to realize um, is that America is unique among nations from its time. Well, how so? Well, it's a country that, as I think we were talking about before, is composed, like I think we're talking about with New York, but I think it applies to the country, from people from all over and different places. And it's not based on using the German word folk, you know, it's not the idea of a centralized people. And that is an advantage and a disadvantage. The disadvantage is like, okay, we don't have an idealized folk, but at the same time, we don't have like uh, a, a strong, stern, clear commitment to this mismatch, this potluck, this, what do we call ourselves? The um, Melting pot <laughs> of, of a nation. So I think that's kind of like where we've struggled. It's true. Yeah. It's true. I was waiting for you, Justin, but yeah. this really touches absolutely. And I have noticed in recent weeks, you know, preparing for this, all kinds of examples where various laws on both sides, but from my standpoint, being inclusive, which is really, um, I like inclusivity. I like thinking of, in other words, back to the sentence, that, that the laws are beginning to embrace more of um, this possibility, which I don't have at my fingertips. You, but mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm not to interrupt, but you know, you would think Please. so. But I think that's that kind of gets back to something that I, I want to point out that I think that, that um, Sam was right on in the beginning that we we've kind of got this veneer in this country that we're free, that mm. that everybody's equal and everything else. And and we think we're going in that direction. But what happened over this through this last presidency and this Pluto return, the mirror was shown back on us. And we're like, oh, God, we're still this way. We're still we're still you know, we're still racist. We're still got this going on. We're still exploiting people. And and I think it really kind of busted the bubble, you know, and I think that's something that this young person, this country has got to learn to it can't exploit the the worker it can't exploit uh indigenous people or african americans or or people who are, who are homeless or whatever that is or transgender it has to be inclusive and i think yeah that's exactly what we're trying to work towards but there are still some lessons to be learned out there you know i agree absolutely and that really points to the fact of demolishing with capricorn these boundaries to make community really the Aquarian idea of community operate. But with that, yeah. it, with that takes a lot of 
live and let live, you know, getting back to that Sag part, if this is the chart to, to change your belief systems so that it's okay to have somebody have their ways on all kinds of things. Anyway, that's on the broad spectrum. We're in the right path for sure. Uh, because if we could get to partnerships and collaboration through all kinds of groups which are beginning to happen it's not widespread but there's like little specks like like a petri dish you know beginning to happen i guess it seems like that it is positive it's a growth process but really at this point there's you can't please all the people all the time but yet i think part of it is this acceptance like you've been bringing up both of you of of realizing it's not them it's me you know it's sort of like the whole opono opono where you say i'm sorry please forgive me i love you thank you in other words embracing that in somewhere the family of life has done a discrepancy or worse than that to somebody else and i will take accountability because then like capricorn you can manage it Yeah, I wonder if we're ready for that. I mean, you know, it's interesting how this country was founded in terms of challenging the dominance of King George in England. Um, and, you know, in terms of being colonists who rebel against a power. Um, and then how we, well, I should say how this country then, as a colonist seeking to have power, really has been trying to find its way since that point. Um, like you're talking about accepting responsibility. I don't, I don't know if America really has had a general moment where it's accepted responsibility related to itself. Um, oh, I love this. This year is so and when right. It tried, and when it tried to be a lot more insular, you know, in the early 20th century, because um, we have to remember too, I mean, like that's why I said things change for this country after World War II, you know, we were slow to get involved in World War II, um, yeah. or the U.S. was slow to get involved, because we were trying to be more of an insular country. We were not a superpower, right? I think mm. one of the things that was humbling for me to learn as I kind of was like studying more American history is like, there was a point in our history, it was like, you're the nuclear new kid on the block and you don't know much, right? And that's how the world mm. treated us. Mm. And then we became something else by virtue of kind of launching into the world stage, I guess, at the um, in the 40s, you know, during World War II. And I, I bring this up just because, you know, you touched on a very significant point of having this sense of, um, okay, we have to accept responsibility. I don't, I don't know if we really are ready for that. I'm, I'm not saying we shouldn't be. I don't know if we. No, are. I, I really respect. I yes, and I so appreciate this sense of uh, uh, conscious reality touchstone to ground us because there's the ideal just like that moon in Aquarius and yet there's rock solid reality speaking. And thank you. We are at that moment where we're gonna come right back. And I am with Justin Crockett, Elsie and Samuel F. Reynolds for USA Empower Top Cosmos. We'll be right back and thank you, please. Stay with us.
take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the yin period of Pisces, ruled modernly by Neptune and by Jupiter in traditional astrology of the ancients. By leaving a cycle based on the equality of all humans and brilliancy, Pisces concludes the 12 signs that energetically encompass the entirety of the universe where humans have no control. As a mutable water sign represented by two fish swimming in opposite directions of the forces of life, we experience in Pisces the collective unconscious energy of the unknown. Intuitive, psychic Pisces completes the seed cycle initiated with Aries' willful separation from the Piscean womb. Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or... If you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. This is Dawn Glinsky from Six O'Clock Astrology, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk 1150 AM, where we discuss the meaningfulness of our roots in the stars. Miss a show on KKNW? Check out 1150kknw.com for podcasts of many of our programs. That's 1150kknw.com. Hi again. I'm Sue Rose Minahan. This is February 20. When Pluto strikes the gong, once two more times happening. And I'm talking with Sam Reynolds and Justin Elsie. And about this power, about the fact that have we ever had the power? It hasn't been inclusive. And what accountability do we have? Because I had brought up, oh, yes, it, it, the buck stops here. Well, yes. And maybe that is a good place to put it because that moon in Aquarius can really unground a person. It's like, oh, all the thoughts and the idealism and et cetera. But back Meanwhile, back at home in the in your world and our own world that make up this nation, um, how does how does that get interpreted? And and one of the ideas I'm thinking is it's it's disin uh, disintegrating, disintegrating some of the the boundaries, the the restrictions that we've had to um, see the benefits, but that's just one thought. I'm really eager to see what you have both been thinking about that serves to spotlight some ideas. Well, go ahead. I I really, I am hungry to hear what Justin has to say. Okay. That just has popped in my mind related to that. And it's actually inspired by something Justin said earlier. I mean, like I know that the moon is in the third for the, the Sibley chart. But to answer your question, Sue, I think with thinking about that moon in the third house, one of the ways in, in terms of we have to come back to reintegration is dealing with more localized power. One of the things that I've been observing over a good number of years 
is how, when I say good number of years, I mean decades, how we have been relinquishing, and when I say we individual communities, I'm not even just talking about just on the national scale or even the state scale, mm -hmm. we've been releasing, uh, relinquishing also um, individual or control related to things in our communities. Let me give you one solid example or a few. One solid example is the Board of Education. It used to be that you had community reps within the city who, you know, you would elect or you would select a representative from your complete your area and serve on a board of education and have people involved in your child or the children's education in your municipality. And I thought that was powerful. And I think that is powerful. Another example, as a contrast, like with the police. Now, one of the things I've talked about a lot with the Pluto return, um, it's almost to the point where I'm a little sick of it myself, is I've talked a lot about the police. And one aspect of policing is that your local police in your city likely does not have to answer to you at all. It answers to a mayor and a police chief. And that police chief often may answer more exclusively to the mayor. Now, a sheriff is different. We used to have more emphasis on a county sheriff. And a sheriff we would elect Right. That comes from a municipality that comes from people saying, like, yeah, I want that person out. Um, we don't have that dynamic on local forms of government, and we seem to keep relinquishing it more and more. I don't know out of fear or laziness or whatever. That's my thoughts. I'm sorry, Justin. No, 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 no. I totally agree with you. And I like where you're going with with sort of identifying and naming the, the, the issue and maybe how to uh, to tackle it. And I think um, kind of as a lead in back to what we left with at the before the break is that, you know, um, I remember, you know, during this last election, people are like, oh, yeah, it's all over now. And I'm like, no, there's there hasn't been that inflection point yet that says, wake up. You know, there's not been that inflection point. And, you you know, talking about this sort of the isolationism and, and really it's, it's part of the, the, the natal chart where the, the young child has to go back in and, and, and listen to the inner voice. And in the country, that's what happens. It goes through these cycles of outward expansion and then inward isolationism. And, you know, uh, and then it has these events that happen that try to wake it up, you know, whether it was the stock market crash, uh, the Vietnam War, Watergate, 9-11, uh, uh, George Floyd. All of these are, are, are events that are trying to wake the collective up and helping it understand it and ultimately accomplish what it's supposed to. But I think to to where uh, uh sam's going i think part of the solution that so the country actually fulfills its uh, it's what it's supposed to as far as what the chart is saying is is i think that this movement to empower um economically disadvantaged populations is key because, and that's, you know, getting more um, Hispanics and African-Americans and, and, the, and the homeless and people um, into the economic system to where they have economic power. 
because that's that's back to the natal chart, which is it's always been about who holds the wealth or who has the money. And we could see that today. Money, money drives the law, the politics, um, even the police in the in the country. You know, it's who has power. Um, and so I think um, economics is is one of the key pillars to um, an empowering um, the working class economically is is really the key. It has to happen. And because and, if it doesn't, it'll it's going to continue to be this model of the one percent. And 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 it'll always be it's still we still have that same model from the beginning of the United States. The rich have really the power and the wealth. Um, it hasn't really changed. Actually, thinking of Pluto as we are working with it, and it is in the second house, and I was going to pull up the slides, but and, it, and it's in Capricorn, is, yes, it does register back to that factor that can provide housing, food, the basics of community, I mean, of, of life, that cancer inner outer individuality we have that we also can't ignore. That's so true. And I think it, it, what I was thinking is um, the, the, the uh, oh, the employee, interestingly, right now, as a group, employees are, of course, they're with the big corporations where they have this kind of tout and power that they're beginning to say, yeah, I'm going to somewhat like a union. In fact, I think there's more talk about unions. Again, I was just being told of, of however that goes, but that's just one level, one organizational level because I think the other is really this networking and collaboration from grassroots people to help expand potential ideas. Like let's say new far new ways of farming with hydrophonics, you know, that could maybe recycle water in for mushrooms, for instance. Mushrooms are actually very good. <laughs> anyway, I'm just throwing out a little support saying yes it is has somewhat to do with this it's but and i think that that taps into another element of the american psyche and i was thinking about the mars and and justin i definitely want to hear more i don't deal with you know centaurs or the asteroids so i would love to hear more what they have to say related to these things because i know we included them in some charts so i know that you can speak more on that than i i ever could but one other thing I was going to say about the American psychology is that we, you're, we're a rugged nation. I mean, like in terms of a nation of pioneer settlers, um, even as enslaved folks who were free, it's kind of making, making do. So we have to decide, are we fully this Cancerian taking care of each other nation, as we even stipulate? Or are we this rugged individual, you know, well, you're on your own, <laughs> kind of take care of yourself, you know, and maybe finding it in between, which is where we have um, safety nets, you know, or even more safety nets where we've talked about, I know Andrew Yang and different other people have been talking about um, guaranteed income. Dr. King was talking about, you know, a lot of people like to quote Dr. King from 1963 but they don't seem to pay attention to the king from 1968, who also was talking about guaranteed income in 1968. 
um, and how we talk about health rights. You know, one of the things I see is an interesting divide in America, whether you're for the vaccine or against the vaccine, is that no one's talking about the, the key issue, like, why don't we have better health care generally? You know, people want to kind of point the finger at the vaccinated or the unvaccinated for what's happening with hospitals, but no one's asking, like, why don't you have enough beds? Like, what, what's going on? Like, it, it doesn't suit your business model? I mean, I think these are the things that we need to ask. Right. It's it. Just last night, there was one about Boeing's. Now, I was from the Northwest where you are, Justin. And Boeing's used to be, as it in this show, I mean, I wasn't watching it deliberately, but it was in my background. And they were saying, oh, it used to be such a great group. We all cared and it was a big family. But then they got sold in the 90s and it was just, we may have been making dishwashers. Who cared, you know, because right. it was the price. But there is this shadow side of the greater need. I mean, it really is sometimes where we can't really be pleasing all the people all the time at all. It's, it's really a matter of, of, of like narcissism, you know, the, where you look in the, the, right. in the mythology. Yeah. Looking yeah. at yourself. Well, self-confidence is one thing, but not yeah. to the extent that it denies other people just the basis of their integrity. Well, you know, I was going to ask you, would you mind if we could look at the, the December 28th, the, the last yeah. Pluto? I, oh, good. Because I can The last one. Because I know we don't have a lot my... of time. And there is something that you're, you're both kind of speaking to that I think that there, there you go. That, so this is, as we know, this is the third pass of the year. Um, and the one that kind of sets the tone, uh, I think, that for the next 248 years. But And I think this is, if you look at it, is what I was talking about, uh, sort of this focus now where a lot, it's gone from the that third quadrant of the seventh, eighth, and ninth house now down to the first, second, and third house. And I think um, when you were talking there about, uh, you know, uh, power, we're talking about power here. We now see more uh, planets now in Capricorn with this this new chart, and of course the sun in, in Capricorn with the um, the uh, the chart going forward, and and the Hygieia there. And so Sam talking about um, asteroids. This is the one that's right above the sun there. Hygieia is related to the Greek mythology, Greek and Roman goddess Hygieia. So whatever sign it's in, and that, and uh, for those on the call, it really speaks to the health of whatever sign it's in. It sort of has a relationship to Chiron. Of course, Maurice Fernandez talks a little bit about that also. But I find that here that it in Capricorn and where you're talking in Sue about um, how corporations are treating their employees and with all this Capricorn in the, the chart going forward, it seems to be sort of this really looking inward towards one structure. I think business will continue to go on. Um, and, and then because of Pluto showing up in the 12th house here, sort of a transformation of, of the consciousness of the collective, um, but there's going to be some lessons about right use of power here because um, there, you know, there is a more conservative bent a little bit as the nation goes forward here because Saturn, of course, is right near the ascendant. 
um, in Aquarius, which makes it more serious. But I also think this bodes well for uh, uh, space. I know Sam mentioned Mars really quickly there. Maybe he's talking about the planet or the actual actual space. But I think um, with that uh, Saturn there, there's going to be a, you ask who's got the power going forward, I think there'll be a, a real focus on um on um on 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 sciences and uh businesses will continue to have power but it'll be it'll be questioned there's going to be a lot of change with power and uh but with that mars uranus uh conjunction in gemini that's really um i think it's it's going to that's that's explosive so there's going to be a lot of disagreements a lot of voices you know we're not going to ever stop arguing with one another but it does also bode well for for the next industry, which is outer space or within the solar system. So I think um, there is that. But I just wanted to kind of maybe transition this chart, maybe talk a little bit about it, maybe Sue, to what you were talking about, those businesses and, and all of that Capricorn and what's showing up in the chart here. And, and it doesn't seem to be as stable. You know, that sun is uh, uh, right with Eris there, which is an asteroid, which represents uh, discord and strife and, and Hygieia. So there's still a lot of changes coming down the way in this country. Yeah, in sixth house, too, we're looking at the daily energies here. But, you know, I, there's always that two sides. There's those that are disagreeing. Yes, there's going to be controversy, but yet there can also be collaboration and exchanging of yeah. ideas and new ideas. And um, Sam, do you, do we want to go back to the first chart also? Do we want to toggle? Let me know. Anyway, go ahead. Um, well, I'm actually um, curious about the the second one, the July eleventh. Okay, one. let's go. That seems a pretty highly charged chart. I mean, I I agree with Justin and what we're talking about. That's yeah, that's December twenty eighth. Uh, that oh. the eleventh. We were just there. I think. Okay. Yeah. No, okay. No, it's going back. I'm right trying, there. I apologize. Right there. Okay. Right Thanks. there. Right. Yay! <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty okay. charged one. Um, not just because it's Scorpio rising, but I think there's a lot of different things. This is a week after uh, July 4th, you know, and mm. the one of the things to point out is that Saturn is within three degrees of the U.S. moon. Um, and this is actually an exact Pluto return. Um, and when I say exact, this is a retrograde Pluto return. Here it is. Um, yeah. So the one that we just had today is direct, which, you know, it's not a big deal. It's still there, but this is exactly paralleling by a week the the Sibley chart and Pluto's retrograde. Saturn's going toward the U.S. moon. I actually think it's around this time, and Venus is actually conjoined to Mars, um, the U.S. Mars, and opposite to the moon to the exact degree. I think this may be like some kind of issue related to the people where people may be in the streets for whatever reason, um, mm. needing to be heard, um, and how we configure or relate to, you know, corporations, these other things that we're talking about, or just the involvement in government. You know, again, we kind of, one of the sad things during the Trump years is that we really got used to clowning each other, um, <laughs> you know, 
and I, I participated in it. I'm not going to be a hypocrite and say like, <laughs> oh, you know, like, well, you know, those people did. I did it. This is true. This is true. And, and but what I've learned, you know, since then, it's like that divisiveness just, you know, rather than the collaboration just keeps up rather than really learning to listen to each other. Right. And rather here, than kind of going more to it's like, oh, you're an idiot. Right. And, I don't know if that's look, helpful. And look at this Mercury, right? Conjunct. It is right, amazing you know, always with these. When you take either Pluto or Saturn with strong aspects, you know, with something, it's like a potpourri of, of other connections. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's a. I hope we do continue on another follow up yeah. to find out what happens. And here, also, and the mid the North is also sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but the midheaven no, okay. is also directly opposite to the U.S. moon to the exact degree. Oh, so true. So true. There's a lot that's happening on that particular day or around that time frame. I think, you know, people should pay attention. And know. if we look at the hearth, speaking of Vesta here, Okay. North node right on it, along with um, ever-changing uh, uh, Uranus. And then, of course, that relates back to our attractions of, of, of the Venus. Justin? Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, I, I agree with Sam. This chart is powerful. And I, what jumps out to me is that moon and Sag that is within 10 degrees of the ascendant. Because, you know, I always think back to 9-11, uh, uh, on 9-11, uh, Pluto was sending on the, the American ascendant, uh, Sagittarius, uh, 12 degrees at that particular point. So I think this, the moon and Sag, wow, uh, within the, uh, the 10 degrees of the ascendant also says, you know, pay attention to what's happening here. There's going to have, that's powerful. So the people, here we are, the people, and it's very true. It We are now... People are beginning to say, me, me, me. I have a voice. We just went through those nodes that were Gemini and, and Sag. So yeah. now we have our, our North Node in resolute, um, self-sufficiency, resourceful uh, Taurus. But we're still connecting with our Scorpio resources and, and what's going to work and what isn't going to work, you know, for, for empowerment of us all. And so... And, and, and the spectrum has everything to do about the definitions, in a sense. Like, no longer is it just landowners. Now it's whoever is a citizen. And it's also as who is a citizen involves any – what is race to begin with is, is like, you know, all the definitions. What's ethnicity? What is sexuality? What is um, nationality? Because some people still like might think, well, they're in New York, for instance, have these huge, great big communities of more people in that city than they do back home in their homeland that they came from. So it's it's really a merging of of not a merging, but maybe a consciousness where there just has to be, speaking of this moon, somewhat live and let live. I mean, Sagittarius can be a friend. <laughs> Hmm. I mean, well, are, are we really prepared for that? You know, because it's interesting. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, that's the thing that we, I was talking about during the Trump years, how divisive we were. And again, I'm not just pointing the finger at Trump. But uh, it was, it, you know, absolutely. But but it, it was it was more so, when we say live and let live, are we really 
about that because mm-hmm. I, I'll be honest, you know, I've been, a, mm-hmm. you know, dying a wool progressive most of my life, if not, well, all of my adult life. And it's not like I've become like a conservative now. I have not, but um, I have caught myself more so like, you know, those people, blah, blah, that mentality where we're not just talking to each other as Americans, right? It's like, you know, the world would be a better place if, you know, I've, I've actually had friends say like, I, I think we should take all of the, you know, the vac- unvaccinated people, put them on an island and, you know, let them. And I'm like, wow, have we come to this? Like, this is where we are? Yeah, it's so, true. I mean, and he's also progressive, as I understand it, that my friend who said that. So it brings up a question, like, who are we willing to let live? I think we should, but. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, and to that point, I think, the, to name what you, to define what I hear you hear you, him uh, Sam saying, and I totally agree with him. It comes down to values. If there was one thing, and mm. here we were talking about the second house, I think that's one thing that came out of this pandemic is we we've, we've really started to see what people value and what are our values, mm-hmm. and I think that's you know um, there there's a lot complexity around that about well, this person values this or this person doesn't and there are certain lines you know i'm progressive as well and that i think that i think the let live and let live uh it, it's um it, it doesn't bode for some things you really can't live and let live when it comes to racism or um you know discrimination those things you can't live well and that's let live. true no and that is a good point and i had not thought of that in my big picture not little picture i was thinking really of the tolerance of just people that were living differently but it they're yeah yeah i think what we're coming which is which is quite interesting there was an article today uh talking about how the the nation is actually getting more polarized and it really comes down to uh people's values um, and I, so I think, you know, to the point that the Pluto, again, is in that second house, it's about the, the structure of values of what, what do we value? And now we're, we're going through the nodes that are, that are in, in, in uh, Taurus and, and Scorpio, which again, relate to the second house and, um, uh, and resources. So again, we're and the connection. See- yeah. Thank yeah, you. Definitely. And and I see, unfortunately, I wish we had forever that conjunction right now that fortunately we have for the next five, six weeks, you know, we're within with Mars of our actions and Venus of what we're attracted to and, and, and our values. Yes. Regardless of what we say, it's really back home, back home with ourselves, how to negotiate and how to uh, redefine to let some of the boundaries drop. I think that's part of it, of, of, of noticing the differences, to see on a broader scale what brings us in commonality. Let's enjoy some of the Piscean energy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Gee, well, we don't have to quite hang up. We have a couple of seconds. I want to thank Samuel F. Reynolds so much with his website, Unlock Astrology, Justin Crockett, Elsie, archetypal astrology and much more and you can find them on the website and this is top cosmos and right now we're living together let's build and and make it a promise of inclusivity okay so much more to say thank you thank you so much thank you
Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway. 